Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 3, Episode 17. I was way out west this past weekend visiting some family. Couldn't make it to Iowa City. Uh, boy, it was fun to watch that big noon kickoff live from Iowa City. It was 7 a.m. where I was when that started. It was a 9 a.m. kickoff. A little bit of an adjustment watching football on TV at 9 o'clock in the morning, but I thought the, the guys on Fox did a really good job. It was great to see Big E out there again, former Hawkeye defensive lineman, Atori Ewan. He's a treasure, a Hawkeye treasure. Uh, the hype that he exudes, the, the big muscles, the Hawkeye overalls, flexing, screaming, yelling, uh, Hawks by a million flag draped over his shoulders. And the Fox team said, welcome to the graveyard of top five teams, piggybacking on what Jim Harbaugh had said earlier in the week about Kinnick being a place where top five teams go to die. And so that was fun. Also, they asked Urban Meyer. He's one of the members on that on that staff. And, and they asked him if he remembered the last time he was in Iowa City. And he said he was glad he was sitting up there today. Everybody remembers that incredible game, 55, I think it was, to 24. The Hawkeyes taking Ohio State to the woodshed. And he said, never underestimate Kinnick Stadium, and that is true. So a lot of great hype, great publicity for the Hawkeyes, the band playing, the posters, the T-shirts uh, with, with funny slogans, aerial views of Iowa City. They also talked about the Iowa wave, and you can't say enough about the wave and the, and the positivity that that's bringing to Iowa City, Hawkeye football, and the Kid Captain program. It was created back in 2009 that is so special to those kids and the families of, of those children. It was really special. And Adam Arp, the 16-year-old kid captain who's been through so many procedures, he had a special on him. I talked about how he chose the song One Shining Moment and why that was special to him. Just really makes you remember that there's so much more to all of this than just a football game. And Adam got to be on the stage with the Fox team. He was getting the fans hyped, waving his arms. Really cool moment. He's also a wrestling fan, and Big E's one of his favorites, so he got to, got to meet Big E and get an autographed football from him. And Matt Leinert, Caitlin Clark, three-point contest on Friday night. Leinert had, had challenged Caitlin to a contest. He had to know he was going to lose, and he had to wear Caitlin's jersey on the stage. It was a bit small on him. He referred to his love handles hanging out the bottom of that shirt. And uh, so lot, lots of just great hype this whole morning. Just positivity after positivity. A great story about Iowa safety, Kayvon Merriweather, the Michigan, Michigan kid who's a captain, a leader on that defense. A lot of footage of him making hits, getting interceptions, and talking about the great Iowa fans. So really just a great morning as they were getting ready to kick off Iowa versus Michigan. But unfortunately, things did not go too well for the Hawkeyes on the field. And really from the start, Michigan controlled this game. They controlled the line of scrimmage. The Iowa defense couldn't get off the field. The Hawkeyes offense really sputtered in that first half. But that's what I wanted to, to go back and review. Did the offense sputter? Were there play calls that were poor? Kind of what happened in that first half? Because if you looked at the statistics, it just looked like a really anemic offense for the Hawkeyes, but, you know, Michigan's offense had the ball so much in that first half, and that was a huge issue. 
The Hawkeyes' defense couldn't get off the field. And there were some mistakes that really hurt the Hawkeyes. There were some penalties that hurt the Hawkeyes in that first half. But Michigan, they started it off with an 11-play, 75-yard methodical drive for a touchdown. And, you know, watching on TV, that's concerning. But the Hawkeyes, in the past, have had the tendency at times to give up an early touchdown or field goal. Then the defense makes its adjustments and starts playing like that Hawkeye defense we're used to seeing. So I wasn't too concerned. I mean, I didn't like it, obviously. But, you know, this defense usually settles in later in the game. So on the offensive end, it started off okay. The Hawkeyes were on the 21-yard line after the kickoff. But a six-yard run on the first play, a run for no gain, so it's third and four. And on that third and four, it was an out pattern to Sam Laporta. I don't really like that play. But Spencer Petras seems to be able to throw that ball really well. And it looked like it hit Laporta right in the hands, out of bounds. It would have been a first down, but but he wasn't able to hang on to it. And I couldn't tell very well. I rewound it several times to try to get a better idea of what happened there. Maybe a defender got a hand in. I couldn't tell. But, man, who knows if the Hawkeyes get a first down there, give that defense a little bit more rest, a little bit more time to, to game plan, and keep the ball away from Michigan. And who knows, maybe the Hawkeyes can string a few first downs together and get a field goal or, or get a good drive going. But on Michigan's second drive, the Hawkeyes did force a punt after an eight-play drive, and the Hawkeyes took over at the nine-yard line. And here things started moving. There was a 26-yard pass from Petrus to Luke Lachey, who was really becoming a big playmaker for the Hawkeyes. He had some, some really nice plays in this game and the previous game. The Hawkeyes were moving, but three straight incomplete passes, a couple where guys were wide open. Most notably, Luke Lachey, he was down the field on a seam route, wide open. The 6'6 tight end would have gotten the ball into the red zone, maybe down to the 10-yard line or more if he broke a tackle, and the ball was overthrown way over his head. And then Spencer Petrus overthrew a wide open Brody Breck, He's a 6'4 wide receiver. Ball sailed over his head and then kind of forced one in to Sam Laporta and the Hawkeyes had to punt. Petrus said that he had some footwork issues on that drive. And, you know, I know it's it's kind of hard for Hawkeye fans to hear that. You've got a fifth-year senior having footwork. It looked to me like he was kind of thrown off his back foot, maybe dropped his shoulder a little bit and thrown off his back foot, and the, the ball just sailed on him. And kind of interesting, when you look at the, the whole game together, overall, Petrus had a good game. but and, and he threw some really nice passes. But those two, especially the one to Luke Lachey, really stands out because of the field position that would have given the Hawkeyes, and they would have been able to put some points on the board, hopefully, there. Well, then Michigan gets the ball back. They go on a 13-play drive for a field goal after the Hawkeyes' defense held on a third and four, dropped for him for a loss of two yards. But now the defense has been out there for a lot of snaps. The defensive line, they have a nice rotation. Even though they have a couple guys down, they still have a pretty good rotation on that defensive line. So those guys should be fairly fresh. But things are starting to mount a little bit. Iowa really needs to get something going on offense, down 10 to nothing. Really, only their third drive of the game well into that second quarter, and the Hawkeyes take over at their 25-yard line after the kickoff. And that next drive for the Hawkeyes was stolen by them from the referees, in my opinion. 
after a nice first down by the Hawkeyes. Caleb Johnson had a good run for 18 yards. Really pumped to see the Hawkeyes getting a big gainer on the ground. But the referees called the hold on Jennings Dunker. And I can see how that could be called the hold, but call them both ways. Um, he had maybe one hand a little bit out on the, on the shoulder pad. But you see that all day long by offensive linemen and much worse. We saw Jack Campbell practically get dragged to the ground on one play with no call. So I thought it was a bad call there. He engaged the defender, was pushing him back, and, and you don't see that called too often, but it becomes first and 20, and Petrus throws a 19-yard pass on first down to Brody Breck. So I really like some of the things the Hawkeyes are doing, and they got a first down with 20 to go. After getting that first down, it's Caleb Johnson again with a nice run for nine yards, and then it's one of the worst calls you'll ever see, a clipping call. When right tackle, Connor Colby actually kind of dove to the ground at the shins of the defensive tackle. Completely legal play in front of the line, the defensive lineman. The announcers couldn't believe it. The, the referee they called in said it was, a, it was a clean play, shouldn't have been a penalty. Well, now it's first and 25 for the Hawkeyes instead of second and one. Instead of being in Michigan territory, the Hawkeyes are back at the 31-yard line. And this is not an offense that can overcome those kind of challenges right now. I mean, this is an offense that's continuing to try to move forward, continuing to try to improve. And now they have a first and 25 when it was going to be second and one and, and where they only needed about 15 yards or so to get into field goal range. So it ends up being a punt. And then a 12-play drive for a field goal for Michigan. And it's 13 to nothing at half. And the Hawkeyes hardly had the ball on offense and couldn't even get a penalty when Torrey Taylor was knocked down after a punt. It was a ticky-tacky one. It probably would have been just a running into the punter anyway and, and, and uh, wouldn't have been a first down. But that first half, the Hawkeyes just didn't have the ball much and, and no, nothing went their way in the first half on offense. Well, the second half didn't start out too good for the Hawkeyes. A couple of punts. Michigan went up 20 to nothing before the Hawkeyes got on board with a nice 44-yard drive and a 28-yard touchdown pass to Nico Regani. Despite center Logan Jones being called for a personal foul for finishing a block against a def defensive lineman, taking him down to the turf, and I've never seen such a sensitive referee crew. I just didn't like how physical Iowa's line was with the Michigan defenders. Unbelievable. I mean, just a textbook block by Jones, and he gets flagged for it. But the Hawkeyes got a touchdown. Anyway, game did get a little bit exciting in that fourth quarter. The Hawkeyes went on a 13-play drive for 78 yards, but I didn't really like the play calling at the end of the drive. Second and four from the eight. It was a pass to the right to Laporta for no gain. I, I'd kind of like to see them trying to get into the end zone or throwing past the sticks at least, down to the one or two-yard line. Then a run for two yards, and on a fourth and two, they tried the reverse of that second down play, and, and Petrus rolled to the left, had to kind of throw across his body. He felt some pressure, threw it short of the sticks, and Laporta had to kind of dive to the ground to catch the ball 
short of a first down. So no points on that drive. And it wasn't a very good pass by Petrus. I mean, he had to he had to give Laporta a chance to get to the sticks. But again, I don't really like the play call. I'd like to see something downfield a little bit further, making sure that they're going to get at least past the sticks or or throw it into the end zone. But there was a penalty on that play anyway that probably would have pushed the hot guys back and and made it a, a tougher conversion. But it's a turnover on downs, and then after giving up another touchdown, making it 27 to 7. There was a late Hawkeye TD. Some passes to wide receivers there. That was good to see. Brody Breck, Alec Wick with a couple catches, and then Luke Lachey with the touchdown. And 27 to 14 is the final. For Michigan, 24 first downs, 16 for the Hawkeyes. Both were four of eleven on third down conversions. Michigan one of one on fourth down, and the Hawkeyes 0 of 2. Total yards, 327 for Michigan. And I'll, I'll have to say it seemed like a lot more than that to me, as much as the Hawkeyes' defense was out on the field. But I think they just had such extensive drives. They just burned the clock. They'd get 10 yards after a couple plays, and they'd get 11 yards after a couple plays, then 15 yards after two or three plays. Multiple plays, and it just... Didn't add up to that many yards, you know, or as many yards as it seemed, but the Hawkeyes had 281 yards, despite Petrus being sacked four times for minus 31 yards, or maybe they would have gotten over that 300-yard mark in this one, but it's all part of the game. Michigan really balanced with 155 yards passing, 172 yards rushing. The Hawkeyes, 246 passing, just 35 rushing. Again, there was minus 31 on the ground from sacks, but still would have been well under 100 yards. And the Hawkeyes had a couple of nice runs, as I mentioned previously, wiped out with phantom penalty calls by this really weak referee crew in this game. Time of possession, just under 34 minutes for Michigan and 26 for the Hawkeyes. And it was way worse than that until that fourth quarter when the Hawkeyes were able to go on a little bit of a run, have a couple nice drives. I was hoping J.J. McCarthy would get rattled out there, make some mistakes in this game. It just did not happen. He made some really nice plays. The sophomore was 18 of 24, 155 yards, a touchdown, and no turnovers. I watched some of the Maryland highlights, and you could see him back there scrambling, running, fumbling the ball, um, throwing passes that easily could have been picked off, and that just didn't happen in this game. The Hawkeyes' defense unable to put much pressure on him, and and give the Michigan coaching staff some credit. They ran some really good plays where he was able to get rid of the ball quickly. Corum, after 30 carries last week, had 29 against the Hawkeyes for 133 yards, a 4.6 yard per carry average, well under his 7.5 per carry average going to the game. But, you know, I was hoping the Hawkeyes could hold him well under four yards a carry in this game. Donovan Edwards, who'd been out with injury, had a handful of carries as well. He made some nice runs. And the tight end, Schoonmaker, he had 45 yards on four catches. Spencer Petrus, 21 of 31 for 246 yards passing, a really good 68% completion percentage. But as I mentioned, he missed on a couple of big passes, especially the long one to Lachey, and then the one near the goal line that Laporta had to dive to secure short of the line to gain on fourth down. LaShawn Williams had a nice game, 
eight carries for 34 yards, as did Caleb Johnson, 12 for 32 yards, with a couple of nice runs that were reversed due to penalties. And Petrus sacked four times for minus 31. The leading receiver was Luke Lachey, four catches, 84 yards. He's really turning into quite a tight end for the Hawkeyes, so they've got a couple of really good ones. Reganey, four catches for 55 yards, and good to see Brody Breck with a couple of 19-yard catches in this game. Defensively, Seth Benson, 14 tackles, one tackle for loss. Jack Campbell, 11 tackles. Cooper DeGene and Jay Higgins, Higgins subbing for the injured Justin Jacobs, both had seven tackles. Just one sack for the Hawkeyes, and that was because of a snap over the quarterback's head. Three tackles for loss, and just one hurry by that defensive line. Really surprised the D-line didn't cause more havoc in the backfield. Michigan's offensive line did a great job, and I think the offense for Michigan in this game was really designed to get rid of the ball quickly, not let Iowa's defensive line cause any problems and, and create turnovers in this game. Well, the starting offensive line in this game, right to left were Connor Colby, Bo Stevens, Logan Jones at center, Nick DeYoung, and Mason Richmond. Also rotating in were Denny, Jennings Dunker and Tyler Ellsbury quite a bit. So you're seeing an offensive line that's improving every week. They're definitely not as consistent as they need to be. They're doing more gap running schemes. That seems to be helping. Also some nice Doing better on those stretch plays as well, so that's good to see. But they've given up too many sacks. There was that one drive that was just really tough to watch. I think it was three sacks in a row. Spencer Petrus. There's some plays where the defensive line are just getting too much penetration. But they're going to continue to work on it, and they're going to have to be better next week. The Hawkeyes are going to be traveling to Champaign, Illinois, to take on the Fighting Illini are really flying high right now after a huge victory. 34-10 over the Badgers in Madison last week. Brett Bielema went in to the place where he coached, what, maybe seven years and punked his former team, only giving up two yards rushing did the Fighting Illini. So pretty incredible what they did there. And the Hawkeyes are 3-2 and two if they lose. Next weekend, they're going to drop to 500 and then have to head to Columbus to the Horseshoe after that. So it's a it's a really pivotal game this coming week. I'm going to go ahead and do another podcast to preview that game because I think this is a huge, huge weekend. Brett Bielema wants nothing more than to beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. His alma mater, he has the Tiger Hawk tattooed on his calf. And Big Brett is going to be gunning for those Hawkeyes. He's going to want that win bad. So stay tuned as I get another podcast going. Apologize for my voice. It's just been fading in and out on me this this last few days. And uh, hopefully if I give it another day or two, I'll be good to go again. But all right, Hawkeyes, we got to keep rolling. I want to see a, a couple of big wins coming up the next few weeks and get back on the winning track. So go Hawks! Thank you.